0: Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.
1: Badass Women's
0: Hour XL with Harriet Minter, Natalie Campbell, and Emma Sexton on Talk Radio. Welcome back to Badass Women's Hour XL with me, Harriet Minter, Emma Sexton, Natalie Campbell. We have just been having a great chat all about female publishing. Are you a wannabe author? Uh, maybe you want some help or some advice? We have our Badass Balls Up section later on in the show. Come and give us a call. We'd love to talk to you about it. 0344-499-1000 or tweet at Talk Radio or at Badass Women's Hour, whichever. Come chat to us. We love that. Uh, now... We are talking the thing that I love the most in the world, sleep. <laughs> sleep. We spend a third of our lives either sleeping or attempting to do so, and there are lots of reasons why we get less than the recommended seven to nine hours of sleep a night. Um, so we're lucky enough to be joined by sleep specialist Dr. Christy Anderson, who's going to tell us a little bit about why getting to sleep is so hard and just what that lack of sleep is doing to us. Hi, hi Kirsty. How are you doing?
2: I'm fine. How are you?
0: Good. Thank you. Thanks so much for joining us. Um, so how exactly, are you, we all want to try and get seven to nine hours sleep a night, but we have busy lives. Does it really make that much difference if we don't?
2: Yes. <laughs> I would say that, wouldn't I? Um, it, I mean, it, it's seven to eight hours probably for most of us beyond 25. Mm-hmm. So I think teenagers really should be getting somewhere between 8 to 10 hours and their work and their studying will really suffer and they're grumpy and they might be grumpy (laughs) enough anyway so we don't want to make that worse. Um, So I think for most of us if you look at the population averages it's somewhere between 7 and 8 and the minute you cut sleep short or you move it to the wrong place you probably hit the three big M's of mood, memory and metabolism. So they all suffer, really, if you have too little sleep or if you have a problem with the sleep, you know, restless legs or bad insomnia or something that really makes sleep difficult.
1: That. So this I might be a bit woo-woo here, but does the moon affect oh, That was one of my
2: questions. <laughs> <laughs> No, Cause I'm I'm convinced. When it's a full Not moon,
1: a... I cannot sleep,
2: and I can sleep most other nights. Okay, so light has an effect on sleep. So <laughs> streaming in through the bedroom window, then yes, absolutely. And we all sleep a bit less in the in the you know the summer nights. I think we all know that, don't we? When the uh, the it, it's really light until late. So the light has an effect on sleep, and it can push your sleep onset a bit later so if you've really have got screens or it's really bright and the late summer nights they will make you fall asleep a bit later and make it a bit harder yeah
0: Emma so I've got a question for you are there such things as sleep cycles I've heard that there's a sleep cycle and if your alarm goes off at a point in that sleep cycle when you're in a deeper sleep that that will make you wake up feeling a bit groggy and a bit. Is that true? Yeah,
2: absolutely. So there's a couple of different cycles. Really, there's a there's a day-night cycle. So we're on a 24-hour clock, just about. And some of us are larks and really love the mornings. Not I'm not, but some people are. Some of us are night owls, but most of us are roughly seven eleven sort of pattern. Um, but within within your seven or eight hours, you have a 90-minute cycle. So that you go in between both non-dream, the deep slow-wave sleep, and then dream sleep. So you switch between one bit and another about every 90 minutes. So in the first two to three hours of the night, if you're woken right out of deep sleep, it feels disgusting. You're probably furthest from consciousness, your heart rate, your breathing is all at its lowest. So yeah, it does take a good few minutes to be fully on form and fully awake if you're woken from really deep sleep.
1: So two questions, so linked to your 90-minute piece, but also the 7-11. So Mm. I've heard that the best way to get a good night's sleep is to plan your sleep in 90-minute blocks. So, um, you know, sleeping for... Or or setting your alarm to wake up six hours later and and really trying to to be asleep for all of that is the best way, as opposed to having a a sort of a stunted eight-hour. So that's the first... is, Is that true is the first question. The second question is... Is the 7 to 11 something that's developed over time? Because I've always thought that, you know, afternoon naps were a big part of how we slept uh, in previous years. And obviously, that's still something that's taken into consideration on the continent. So,
2: Yeah, that's a really good question, because obviously the big thing that happened about 150 years ago was electric light lit up the world and made a huge difference to... Um, you know, three, four hundred years ago where people went to bed when it got dark because there wasn't much to do and they got up when the sun rose. So there is a bit of evidence that we probably sleep less and put all of our sleep in one chunk. And it's absolutely right that sleep is flexible. So you do have a little dip, 3 to 4 in the afternoon, and that's where the Mediterranean siesta comes. But, of course, in Mediterranean countries, they go to bed later, don't they? Mm. The cafes, the restaurants all open till 10, 11, if anyone's been around Madrid. So I, I think setting your alarm for six hours, I overall think is a bad idea. The best sleep is, is, is without an alarm if you can manage it. Lots of us can't with work. <laughs> yeah. But the idea, it all seems a bit exhausting to work out 90 minutes, really. Um, you know, mostly going to sleep when you're sleepy and, and waking up about seven and a half hours later is best if you can manage it.
0: Emma? So um, I heard somewhere that they actually, as a form of torture, they will keep people awake for days. Uh, and I'm just, you know, I know some of my friends who are new mums, definitely, mm. when they talk about sleep deprivation and how that impacts. What what happens if you don't get enough sleep? How does that impact on you?
2: So um, if you take um, you know, medical students and do unpleasant things to them because they're perfect and they recover quickly, if you... Um, keep them up all night or if you only allow them four hours sleep they take about a 50% hit on all of their new learning Mm. so you really really struggle to consolidate new things that you've learned that's not just being too groggy to take them in that's you know trying to learn something and then when you go to sleep you consolidate all of those new memories so it's a big effect on your memory so you know baby brains where you walk into the room and you can't remember what you've done the bit of that is coming from poor sleep definitely it, it does hit your mood um, when you are sleeping less than you should, or your interrupted mood, you, you're slightly more impulsive, you're a bit more grumpy. There's a good reason casinos are open at 3 in the morning. They want you to make bad decisions. And, and actually, you can take you know, normal volunteers and give them gambling tasks and get them to do it in the middle of the day or after sleep restriction, and they make bad decisions. You know, they gamble more. So um, there's a big impact on your behaviour, uh, your learning but there is something about being woken up frequently that is particularly unpleasant. So I think with new babies, of course, you're dozing when baby's dozing and often you're off work, of course. And, you know, it's generally it's a happy time. So it's a sleepy, happy time. But I think there's something very different about your sleep being really interrupted deliberately. So, yes, it's, it's been used as a torture technique for, you know, anecdotally for... Um, a long period of time, and it is very distressing.
0: Kirsty, is it? Um, does it have physical impacts as well? So I've
2: heard that mm. it can affect your
0: blood pressure. Potentially, yes. cause Alzheimer's. No,
2: absolutely. Yeah, no. Um, so there's a big impact on metabolism. So it affects appetite. Um, your I'm full now gets downregulated. Your go on have another pie hormone tends to get upregulated. So that's ghrelin. You um, have an impact on the immune system. And one of the most interesting bits of science is a few years ago finding that the waste clearance system in the brain, something called glymphatics, um, expands during sleep. So conversely, if you have really bad sleep, the toxic proteins don't get removed as well. And so there is a potential link to chronic bad sleep and increased rates of things like dementia. Now, that's very new science and it's still being explored. But but you're right, those things do have a long-term impact on your brain health.
0: And just finally, if we want to ensure we get a great night's sleep, what should we be doing?
2: So putting your daytime life out of the bedroom, so I think screens, it's not just that it's a light source, it's your entire life, isn't it? So clocks and screens out of the bedroom, it's not just for teenagers, we're all going to tune in to the sort of late night email and the work you realise you haven't done. So that's very simple, keep the bedroom for sleep um, and keep the rest of your life outside Go to bed when you're sleepy. It it sounds really Mm -hmm. obvious, but actually we are most awake now. It's Mm a great time to have your radio program for the next (laughs) couple of hours. And then you have a dip and then you go off to sleep. So, in fact, if you chase sleep, if you go to bed an hour earlier, it really doesn't work. You lie there getting cross and you can make yourself sleep a little worse. Um, And then trying not to cut your sleep short. So if you can avoid an alarm or can make sure that you don't sleep restrict, you tend to feel much better.
0: Fabulous. That is Dr. Kirsty Anderson, neuroscientist specialising in sleep. Thank you so much for joining us, Kirsty. It's a pleasure. <laughs> um, do, do any of those tips work for you? Ladies, do you have a, a one sleep tip?
1: It's the go to sleep when you're tired thing. Yeah. yeah definitely Emma. I have one don't wait for the weekend
0: for a lion midweek go to bed ridiculously early yeah. you'll wake up at like two in the morning <laughs> and if you imagine it's a Saturday morning and you get this lovely long lion and you wake up feeling amazing that's what I do <laughs> we'd love to know yours <laughs> do, you, do you want to give us a call and tell us your best sleep tips it's oh three double 499 1000 um, coming up I don't know if you saw this story but it's absolutely shocking to me that uh, hospital admissions for self harm by children aged three to nine in England increased by 27% last year between oh, that breaks three my heart. and nine absolutely shocking statistics we'll be asking why that is and learning what we can do to help with a Natasha Devon MBE mental health campaigner that is coming up here on talk radio with us badass women's hour XL.